It's Wednesday the 30th of December. Welcome to our afternoon sport deep dive. I'm Tim Gilbert and I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee. Well bud, 2020, it's almost gone good riddance to it, huh? Uh, good and rinse, mate. I'm a little bit somber, mate. We've had a loss in the Test match, and um, yeah, it's uh, it's been a, it's been an interesting year. It's it's I think sports done pretty well in all to to manage through these tough times. And um, look, fingers crossed that 2021 is a much brighter and happier year for everyone. Absolutely. Well, let's unstitch that Test match because it's one all in the series, two Tests to come. But tonight also, Johnny Stephenson, he'll talk boxing, he'll talk Formula One. We're also going to ask him about Tom Brady, 43 years of age. I know Rob, my brother gave us a bit of an observation on him and Steve Menzies will look back at the NRL season tomorrow night we'll have a look at the AFL season this is afternoon sport all right let's get straight to it and talk about this test match India won all Shane who would have thought who would have thought when they got whack for 36 who would have thought we thought. I said they'll come back, and, and they did. They bounced back really, really well. <laughs> they roared back. They did, India, and um, it just goes to show, I think under Rahane's captaincy, they f- they seemed really relaxed, and taking nothing away from Kohli, he, he's a great player and a great leader, but I think the players really rallied around. Uh, Rahane's now captain in three test matches and won three from three. He led from the front with a great 100, followed up in the innings, hit the winning runs, and um, India, yes, win, win the test match and go into the third test, one all now. So it's, um, will it be in Sydney? Who knows? Joe Burns sacked? He's gone. He has to go. And I think we said this as well, mate. Um, you know, the guys scored something like 130 runs in 13 knocks. This is not good enough. And, um, you know, Dave Warner will come back in um, 100%, I'm sure, with that. I think Wade will probably end up in the batting with him um, if they don't bring in um, Bukowski as well. And, uh, but Green, I thought he played really well. He got 45. He hung around. He batted for almost 150 balls. He, like he showed, he's a, for a young guy, had some real resolve and played really well. So, look, we've got some great bowlers, but unfortunately we're not scoring enough runs. And if we don't score enough runs, it's hard for our bowlers to defend um, small targets. A lot of pressure on Travis Head as well to keep his spot. Yeah, it's, I think he's under real pressure as well. It's more the way he's getting out. Um, you know, big slashes outside off stump, getting caught at slip and... You know, he looks really lost. He also dropped a couple of catches as well. So, yeah, there's a bit of pressure on the Aussies now. And, look, I think the next game will be in Melbourne. I hate to say that. I'm, I always look forward to the Sydney Test, but you know, we'll see how that goes. But uh, I think there's too much risk with all COVID and issues now with, you know, 45 cases across 23 different suburbs of Sydney. I think they'll probably stay in Melbourne, unfortunately. Yeah, Cameron Green, he looks a bit like the way Tony Gregg used to play his cricket. I'm old enough to remember him. Yeah. Six foot six, and I think Greggy was six foot seven. He was, mate, and he, he was a great leader as well. And, um, yeah, a guy who – Tony Gregg averaged, you know, 41 with a bat and test cricket and, and 32 with a ball and a great slipper. Um, yeah, Cameron Green looks really good. He reminds me a lot of um, a guy called Martin Love who who played only, I think, one or two tests for Australia, scored a double hundred. Mm, Queensland, yeah, genius. So hard to get out, that guy. But, um, yeah, very correct, very upright, Greg Chappell-like. And, yeah, he looks a good. So, you know, he hasn't had a great run yet. But, you know, 45, I thought, in the second innings where he had to hang around. Yeah, it stands him in good stead. Two tests down, two to go. Can you get your crystal ball out? Will India win the series? They they won last time, but remember, there was no Warner or Smith for that last series. Look, I think India are the favourites now, and I think the reason for that is that you've got Boomer who's bowling really, really well. He feels comfortable. Um, but you've got Ashwin, who the spinner, who seems to have the ball on absolute string, and their batsmen are scoring runs as well. The Shubham McGill, who looks, looks brilliant at the top of the order, uh, Rahana, as I said, 100 in this test match. 
If they get Coley back towards the end, they're going to be really, really hard to beat. Australia need to score some runs. And, you know, I said Steve Smith will have a run of outs at some stage. This could be his run of outs. And, you know, and I was really um, interested to see, I saw uh, Tim Payne talking about in the press conference post-match that you know, he's really talking about Steve Smith a lot. And it's clearly that the team need him to score runs. And it was really obvious that the captain's talking about, well, once Steve gets runs, we'll all bat around him. Well, that's not the right approach, I think. The right approach is everyone needs to pull their own weight. And Steve Smith is only one of those players. Absolutely. Well, the test match is not too far away, but we've got so much to talk about on Afternoon Sport. Johnny Stephenson is going to talk a little bit of NFL. He's going to talk some boxing. And we're also going to look back at a really amazing year in rugby league. Well, Johnny Stephenson, of course, he's with us twice weekly, if not more. He's a regular and a very important part of afternoon sport. John, Steph, how are you, my friend? Sure am, Tim. How you doing, my man? I'm sure you had a great Christmas break, Shane. I hope you guys didn't have too many cows knuckles, guys. <laughs> no, we didn't, mate. We are well behaved. And, um, mate, lots <laughs> to talk about over the break. Plenty of sport happening um, in the world of basketball and the NFL and, and motor racing, mate. Lots to talk about. What about Tom Brady, John? Man, I, I, Father Time is, is just his friend, surely, huh? Like, it's unbelievable to see he's still a revered, feared character in the NFL, and, um, and he, still keeps, he still keeps doing his thing. He's getting paid the big dollars for it, which has me look at somebody that we love, all I love, um, in Anthony Mundine, who's fighting Michael Zarafa in the upcoming months. And you look at Chuck, and my heart tells me, that maybe he should put down the gloves. I mean, after his last fight with John Wayne Parr, but then in in con- complete, you know, uh, contrast, you didn't see Tom Brady at that age um, in his 40s still killing it. It's amazing. Mate, John, you're dead right. So Tom Brady, he's 43 years of age. He plays for the Buccaneers at Tamp- Tampa Bay, Florida. So he, in one game, he does four touchdowns and 348 yards in one half, where the average yards in a whole game is only 234. The guy's a genius. No no one freaks me out out of the whole thing. Is I've seen from, I know they're movies, but I've watched Any Given Sunday. Um, I've watched the documentary series QB1 on Netflix, um, and there's Last Chance You on Netflix as well. And the biggest problem for these NFL players, which we don't actually find a year about often, is the injuries and the concussions and how much how much trauma their bodies go through. This guy's still – and quarterbacks, hey, they they take a beating, man. I mean, that, that the whole aim of the game is to shut down the quarterback. So if, to, to see Tom's body hold up for so long, it's a remarkable story, and he'll go down as one of the greats. Yeah, well, he is one of the greats without question. And and to go to the Buccaneers at that age, because he's, he's, he's fresh there, he's broken the record uh, with 39 uh, throws for touchdowns, only plays half a game, as Shane mentioned, just extraordinary. But back to Chuck Mundine. Look, I agree with you. He's got to give it away. And look, this boxing is a difficult sport, and you go at it too long and history just tells you. Yeah, I think, look, when it comes to Chuck and his skills and his self-belief, I think it's magnificent. I think it's great for kids to see a, a, a guy that doesn't put in limitations in what he feels he can achieve. But, you know, as somebody that I actually do care about Chuck, I know him personally and um, I care for his well-being, I care for his health, and you don't play boxing. It's a serious sport and yeah. um, you can get hurt when you, when you jump in that square circle and um, that that's what worries me with Chuck. Do, do I believe he he has one last great fight in him? Like the great was it was it Jimmy Bradley? Was that from from Cinderella Man? Um, maybe so. 
you know. Um, but um, but I I just I just sort of think after the, the John Wayne Path fight. Um, I just, I don't know. I just, I just didn't think. I thought Chalk was pretty much done there, and mm. Michael Zaref is a very young, um, good fighting, good, good kid can box, fought for world title over in England, um, and 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 he's dangerous. And I just, uh, I really, I really, really hope that um, that Chalk uh, looks after himself. Yeah, mate, it's a big thing. You look at what happened to Muhammad Ali. He had one, one or two fights too many. It was really sad in the end. But you know, when, when does self belief sort of cross over into delusion? And uh, I hope Chalk doesn't go down that track, mate, because he, he, he's a superstar of sport, there's no doubt. Oh, well, he's one of our greatest uh, athletes that Australia's ever produced, you know, some of the things that he's done. And then he's, he's really, uh, he's captivated, you know, the, the media in, in a way which was, which, which I know I emulated quite a bit and, 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 and I loved, you know, I think, I think um, it's, it's, it's a culture that we're, we're not used to over here, how Chalk uh, carried himself. And, um, but I think, you know, if he was around in today's day and age, I think it would be a lot normal from what he did with back in the, in the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, and he was really interesting, Chalk, because you, you'd speak to him just before the cameras would roll, and obviously I've interviewed him a stack of times, and he, he talked really like that, and bang, as soon as the lights were on, on had come the showman. So, yeah, he was a remarkable football player, a remarkable boxer. Let's, let's talk about somebody else who is full of charisma in a very different way, Greg Norman, look, most recently we saw him nude playing out of bunkers and it's not a laughing matter now. He's got COVID-19 and tell you what, some of his quotes, he got absolutely ripped up by it. Well, it's, that was funny. The last time I saw Greg, he was he was walking on a beach with his one wood, looking looking like a looking like a looking like a bill of health ripped up. He had arms on him, and then next minute he's he's on his back uh, with COVID. And he said he actually said that it, it really this thing was intense. Some one of the like one of the most intense sicknesses that he's had in his lifetime. And um, he was short of breath and all the, the typical COVID symptoms, but says he's on he's, he's on the mend. So it sounds very similar to to Lewis Hamilton. We talked about Lewis last week um, and the effects of COVID. As we know, like everybody experiences COVID in different ways, but two great sports stars are. Uh, both being uh, put on their backs by COVID uh, shows the seriousness of this disease and uh, even Greg and his one would are not immune to it. <laughs> well, let's stay in America, change the change the game, go from a white ball to a bouncy ball. Ben Simmons, do, do people in Australia realise how good this guy is? He was saying that the game that they played the other day, they were almost like the uh, the Harlem Globetrotters and he was the dominant force. Uh, look, this is a funny one with Ben Simmons. I mean, we all saw the uh, issues he had when he came to Australia at the Crown and et cetera, et cetera. But I really like Ben. He's very Americanized in the way he approaches his sport. Um, and I think that's a bit hard for Australians to really sort of get behind and, and gravitate towards. Um, you see a little bit with Nick Kyrgios as well. He, he spends a lot of time in the States and plays in the States. And you, you see these younger sort of generational kids that are that have that American flair and swag. And, and, and it's funny enough, kids their age and their demographic love these kids man you know because they they speak their language these kids on social media they understand the change but i think for some of the generation x and the baby boomers it's quite confronting to the way um ben goes about his sport take that away his skill and what he's doing on the basketball court is absolutely amazing right this guy can carry australia to a gold medal if he does everything right i mean he's definitely carrying his team now at the moment and what he's doing he referred to himself as the team leader and he, and, and and the team around him with like the harlem globetrotters so he's definitely got the confidence. He knows he can be number one in the world, and he's and he's projecting in that way. Well, man, he's definitely doing that because he gave an absolute defensive masterclass versus the Knicks, and then then next game when they played the Cleveland Cavaliers, they lost, and he said that their defensive was below par. 
he's truly a leader within that team already. So it's a really good sign from a young Australian um, sports star who's on the up. And um, yeah, he's a, he's a serious asset to not only to Australia, but potentially down the track, as you said, in basketball for a, for a gold medal. But um, you know, for the Phillies, he's a, he's a great player. I Philadelphia will be loving him at the moment, man. And I think America will be loving him at the moment. I think it's great having an Australian um, again, you know, you, I go all the, back, all the way back in the day when, when you know, we had Luke Longley, Shane Hill, Andrew Gaze trying to make their way into the yeah. NBA. Um, now it's it's almost like the norm. These scouts are looking at um, Australia as, as an Australian basketballers, and that's really brilliant for the pathway of the sport. I mean, it's great what Larry Kesselman is doing um, with, the, with the NBL, um, and it's good for the sport. We saw basketball take a dip from the mid-90s, and now, you know, to have even the young ball, um, I think it was Lonzo Ball, he came down here and played down here. Lamelo, yeah. Yeah, Lamelo, sorry. He, and he was number three or four draft pick. I mean, that that shows that's that's brilliant, right, for Australian basketball. And the more this happens, the more these Aussies are playing against um, the, the, the top Americans, they're going to feel at home once Olympic Games comes. And who doesn't want another gold medal, and especially in a sport like basketball? Yeah, wouldn't that be amazing? Well, let's just wrap it up with Daniel Ricciardo because there seems to be a lot of press about him. Some people are wrapping him. Others are being critical of him. He's got a new girlfriend. You look at it, he's been doing this a long time. He's only won seven races. Yeah, Tim, this is a funny one. And I think sometimes as Australians, God, God bless our country, you know, but sometimes I, I think we're, we're, we're very hard markers. You know, Daniel is no doubt one of the best drivers um, um, on that grid every time he lines up. Formula One's a very difficult sport because there's a lot of money involved and money really dictates the performance of the cars. And a lot of the time, it's not really the driver's fault when they don't win a race. You know, they're doing their, their utmost best um, to get that car around safely. And also, and, and, and there's one driver that everyone says on, in, on that grid who, who takes risk. It's, it's Daniel Ricciardo. I think he's moved to McLaren. Um, is a step in the right direction. We saw Carlos Sainz and Lando, Lando Norris and where they finished in in the Constructors' Championship in McLaren um, and, and how well they did this year. So I think that's very positive for for Daniel. I think as Australian culture, we've got to back him, support him, and, um, and, 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 and hopefully that'll be enough um, to get him to see him um, at least win some races the same way we saw Pierre Gasly win in, in Monza, um, which no one would have thought he would have won. Checo Perez winning um, over in, in, in the Emirates um, this year. So, I mean, that, I think that's the best Daniel's going to see next year, um, especially with Mercedes, I think will dominate. Um, and then also the racing point, um, we're going to see them do well next year as well. So, um, but, but yeah, I, I think, I think we're marking Daniel a bit too hard here. Um, in, on his talent and his driving, he sure can drive that kid. Yeah, sure. And mate, in, in a in a sport that's that competitive, mate, uh, there's only seventy spots, isn't there? So if you don't perform, he'll 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 be he'll be marked by the uh, by the manufacturer. Yeah, Shane, we saw we saw George Russell jump into the Mercedes when Lewis had COVID and go from being last in the Williams to to putting it on 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 uh, I think almost on pole. Um, my memory sort of fades me here, but and then and then potentially leading the race the whole way until he got a puncher. You know, so, I mean, it, it shows, I mean, George Russell, don't get me wrong, he's a phenomenal driver. I think he he is one of the next best. Um, but it just shows you, you know, you put Daniel Ricciardo in that Mercedes, what could he do? Would he be a world champion? I, I would say yes. All right, Johnny, well, uh, look, great to chat. We will chat again next year, which is, of course, next week. But uh, what's your bold prediction for next year in and around maybe the Olympics? Oh, guys, this is a big one. And look, aren't we all just looking forward to seeing the back of 2020? Wow. Uh, and hopefully with the Olympics being next year can be uh, – that beacon of happiness and uh, and celebration from what we've all gone through, but um, I, I would I would like to say uh, we're going to see unique games 
And I have a feeling we will see the 100-metre champion will be Justin Gatlin. There you go. Big call. Good on you, Johnny. Happy New Year too, mate. We'll speak to you soon. Thank you, Shane. Thank you, Timmy. Like always, have a great New Year, and I'll speak to you guys soon. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, NRL legend Steve Menzies. Afternoon Sport, let's take a walk down 2020 rugby league-wise. We're just about to enter into 2021, which we all can't wait for. I think we're kicking and screaming our way into 2021. But Shane, let's get a little nostalgic and look back at rugby league. And the man to talk to us about it is Steve Menzies. How are you, Beaver? Beautiful you know, evening to round out 2020. What a fabulous year it's been. <laughs> he says that uh, facetiously. But, um, but mate, one of the things I, I, like, I like to say, that the, the NRL, and it's, it's really good to, for me to say this, but the NRL were the, the real leaders in sports administration, particularly around COVID this year, that they led from the front and a lot of the other sports really adopted what NRL did. Yeah, look, I think it was a huge um, effort, obviously, by Peter Philandes and yeah. um, the NRL Commission and to, to set a plan, pick a date. And I think um, a lot of people were sort of saying, yeah, you know, it's a bit cross your fingers. But, yeah, they put the things in place. They said, what do we need to do? This is what we're going to do. And they went and backed it up. So for rugby league to be one of the, the leaders in mid-COVID sport, yeah, not just in Australia, but around the world it was one of the, the first ones professional ones back on yeah it's it's big kudos to them it was a horror to start with though wasn't it because march is is a traditional start for rugby league and and you know everyone was ready to go and then boom the game stopped you know it it's uh, so many unknowns yeah it was it was it was tough you know sort of the players were someone want to play but is there a bubble what do we how does it work what do we do uh, what the future holds Obviously, the boys and um, the way the way the pay structure is, a lot of pay TV. TV doesn't start getting their revenue back until games are on, so players had you know, received a lot of income, and so it was, it was some tough questions and some tough, I'm sure, tough meetings for the NRL and um, you know, the, the people that are invested in the game to to come to some solutions to say how we're going to get through this with the unknown of of what is COVID? How long does it last? Can we play in it? I mean, it's it would have been really tough. And so, what happens from from a, a rugby league rugby league's perspective? So, um, you finish the season, you come into Christmas, which is your your off season, New Year's Eve. Um, the good news is probably for the manly guys, they're in lockdowns so that they have to behave themselves this year, which is good. But um, so, what normally happens before is it is it New Year's Eve? The Christmas period is off, and and then you sort of kick back in early Jan. Is that how it works? The season was pushed back this year, so everyone sort of pushed back. Then there was Origin at the end of the year, which you seen guys that play Origin won't come back till January. Normally, the boys would start November sometime, normally early November, depending on how old you are. The younger boys come back a bit earlier, more experienced, but it's you know you have a good six eight weeks roll into Christmas, then you'll get a, a couple of weeks off, and then post Christmas it's less running, a bit more you know, team tactics. And you're sort of rolling into, you know, sort of Feb, your first troll game, whether you have one or two, depending on what the coach likes. That's that's sort of the pre-season. But it's a long, tough off-season. Uh, and to be honest with it, the season going a bit later this year, the boys would have really had a, 
a bit more time to relax and hopefully sure. not such a long pre-season, which is tough. Yeah, there were, there were so many stories to the year, wasn't there? Peter Volandi's marching through, setting the date, getting back, finally getting crowds back, putting Origin back, and Queensland won, unfortunately. Melbourne won the grand final. Uh, Wayne Bennett uh, went to Gruppa and defied the, 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 the rules of the bubble. The, the Warriors staying here in Australia. Uh, look, an extraordinary 2020, and it will be remembered as uh, a very, very odd, odd year. Uh, what 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 about 2021? Uh, let's get the uh, the Steve Menzies crystal ball. I know you carry it with it you everywhere you go. Uh, what what happens? What happens for 2021? Look again, you know, being the Northern Beaches, we've sort of been locked down and, and mini pandemic being from the south side of the Northern Beaches, which is different to the north side of the north. So it's look. I, I think the plan is for 2020. The outlook is promising. You know, we play during COVID. They can do a bubble. They've done it before. They know the procedures. Um, there will be a full season of rugby league. How many people will be able to watch that uh, optimistically? I think a full season of, of close to near capacity is what I'm expecting. But, you know, we've got the the COVID vaccines coming out in the States and in the UK and hopefully get approved here. And they, they're launching March. Um, so there's positive signs of a full rugby league season. I think that I think everyone's just looking forward to some normality and going to your games, whether it be Friday, Saturday, Sunday, going to see your local team, seeing it every week, getting back to, to live footy is is my tip for twenty twenty one. Hey, baby, have you seen this young Sawali that uh, the Roosters signed, the 17-year-old uh, Kings boy? Apparently he's a He's 100 kilos, six foot five, and can step off both feet. Have you seen him at all live? Or no, prepared? I haven't seen much of him. I heard some amazing raps on him. And it's, um, you know, the, the talent of these young kids is amazing. And it's it's a different beast of a game. They, you know, these days they're getting, they get better skills earlier. They're, they're taught more. Their fitness is better. Their, mm. you know, their weight training is better. They're better than old blokes, I'm looking at you like me and you. <laughs> Years ago, you know, as kids coming through, was I've seen pictures of you. You're skinnier than me. Yeah, so, but these kids, they're athletes when they come through. The thing that's different about it these days is their, their skills, they're better, um, but the outside pressures, I think, is really tough to mould to this society of, of being a, a superstar on the field, but also in this social media world sure, yeah. everyone knows who you are. everyone's got a camera um, not saying our journey wasn't tough mentally because there was all these different aspects but these days you know, I think you know, we, we need to as talented as people are on the field we want to make sure that they're prepared for off field because it's you, it's 24-7 back in the day you could even though you play 24 and you're, and you're on the, the spotlight I think mm. you're you know, other, other than people that were in your 20 metre vicinity to say hey yeah, what are you doing? It's one of those things that um, you know, you've got to be prepared for. Absolutely. And, of course, you've got managers hovering around uh, young blokes at 13, 14, going up to parents who haven't been introduced to any of this. It's, it is a very different world. We're going to have a full look at what happened in AFL in 2020 because that was turned upside down and there was a Brisbane grand final. Beaver, have a very happy New Year, buddy, and we'll talk to you very early on in a brighter, bigger, hopefully more happy uh, 2021. I look forward to it. Have a great new year. See you, boys. 
That's it for Afternoon Sport today. We'll be with you Monday to Friday every week. Hit subscribe on your podcast app so you don't miss it. A big thank you today goes to Steve Menzies and, of course, to John Stephenson. Thank you to our sponsors, Spartan Sports, and you know that website off by heart, Shano. www.spartansportshq.com. Go there. All your sporting needs, mate. Of course, and our producer, well... He is like the Easter Bunny Easter Easter. He is the king of <laughs> podcasts. His name is Dan McEwen. Thank you so much, Dan. Your work has been magic today. All right, Shane, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Will do, mate. See you then.